0: Hello, and welcome to Philosophy and Fiction in Modern Spain. I'm Dr. Todd Mack from Hillsdale College. Today we talked about how uh, Marta's husband, Eduardo, tells Victor about what happened to him when he was in England, and then the book is pretty much over after that. Okay, so today we talked about um, just the end of this book, Mañana en la Batalla, piensa en Me, and we um i mean i should say a few days ago we talked about this Uh, today the students took their final exam so this will be the final episode of this podcast and i'm just gonna put a little bow on it um so uh so the end of this book uh eduardo who is the husband of marta who is the woman who died uh, in bed with victor um he says, he finds out through Luisa that Victor was with his wife when she died. And he says, I have something to tell you. So Victor goes over to Eduardo's house. He's not sure what to expect. And Eduardo says, I have a story to tell you. So he says, "Uh, I myself had a lover. And um, she's a a nurse here in Madrid. And um, she came to me one day and told me that she was pregnant. And I had been ready to leave the relationship and uh, and, and she told me that she was pregnant, and um, I didn't really know what to do. We talked about it for a little bit, and I told her I wanted an abortion. I wanted her to get an abortion. And she didn't want to, and I, I told her that she had to, and eventually she said, okay, that's fine. So we decided to go to England to get an abortion for uh, for her. So, um, so uh, Eduardo and this woman go to England, and they're staying in separate hotels, and the whole thing's a secret. That It's a secret that they're there together because they don't want people to know. Uh, and so they go, um, and uh, the night before she goes in to have her abortion is the night that Marta dies. And Victor had tried to kind of call, but then he didn't really, and he hung up, And um, and Eduardo says, Man, if you had called me, the night that my wife died, instead of just leaving like a ghost. I would have known that my wife was dead. I probably wouldn't have pushed this woman to have an abortion, and uh, and I could be with her, and I'd be happy. And uh, and right now I'm not. So uh, So Eduardo and this woman, they go to the clinic, and she asks him to wait outside. So she says, it's going to take a couple hours. You just wait outside, and then I'll come out when I'm done. And she's all sad and she looks nervous and he's worried about her and he's waiting outside in this cafe and he waits for about an hour and then he goes in to check on her because he can't can't stand not knowing if she's okay. And he goes in and he asks for her at the receptionist uh, desk and they tell him uh, there's no woman by that name here. Uh, And he says, no, she came in for an abortion. They said if she had come in for an abortion, she would have had to be checked in last night. And he's like, what? And so he uh, he looks around a little bit, and he sees her in the waiting room reading a magazine, and she's totally fine. She's not pregnant. She was faking her pregnancy and was going to fake the abortion so that uh, Eduardo would feel bad and decide to stay with her. And Eduardo is upset about this, and he tells her that he's upset, and then he goes to his apartment, she goes to her apartment. And then later that night, it's pouring... Uh, Rain, and she comes to his uh, hotel. She's in her hotel. He's in his hotel. And she comes to his hotel, and she says she's really sorry, and they decide to go out to eat. So they go out to eat together. And then they leave there, and they get on this bus. And um, they're driving in the bus. It's a double-decker, you know, one of those London double-decker buses. And Eduardo is just filled with rage at this woman for what she's done. And so he actually tries to strangle her, and she's like, he almost kills her. And then, and, and then eventually, he's like, Oh, man, what am I doing? I'm about to kill this woman. And so he lets go of her, and she runs off of the bus. And as soon as she steps off the bus, she gets hit by a taxi and dies. And, and Eduardo is thinking, What in the world just happened? And the bus drives off, and he thinks, Nobody knows I was with her uh and so he just doesn't tell anybody that that he knew her and he goes back to madrid and he says i, I didn't kill her she, you know she was killed by a taxi but he obviously feels guilty about this and he doesn't really know what to do it's, it's a similar situation to um to what happened with victor right he didn't kill her but he was there he knew about it and now he doesn't know what to do with this death that's on his hands and that's basically the end of the of the book. Victor is is there in Eduardo's house, which was Marta's house, and he walks by uh, the little boy's room, and he sees these model airplanes of uh, their planes from the Spanish Civil War and World War Two, World War One, and he thinks a little bit about those, and then he and then he just kind of leaves. <laughs> He's like, "Man, what a story!" And then, <laughs> like, what what are you supposed to say to that? And then he walks off. And that's the end of this of this novel. Um, so, uh, so what's going on here? Um, this novel highlights, uh, a couple of things. One is just, um, the, I don't want to say absurdity, but that's the word that's coming to mind right now of the human condition. Like, crazy stuff happens, and, um... And it's totally unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. It feels super random sometimes. Horrible things happen. And we've spent this whole book thinking, "Man, Victor has like the worst luck in the world." Um, until we read we we read about uh, what happened with Eduardo, and then you think, "No, I think Eduardo probably has worse luck <laughs> than than Victor." Um, and so there's a, something going on with perspective that I think is interesting. Uh, this is kind of a dark, sad novel, and um, and it's not unlike a lot of other novels that come out of Spain in the nineteen nineties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and the two thousands. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about about this novel. I'm also reading another novel by Javier Marías right now called uh, Así empieza lo malo, which is uh, thus bad begins. In English, it's called Thus Bad Begins. It's the quote comes from Hamlet. And uh, it's a story about a guy that's kind of sad. It's kind of got this kind of neo-noir feel to it. It's set in 1980. And in the beginning of that novel, the protagonist is thinking about, Um. Uh, he has occasion to think about the Spanish Civil War, uh, post-war, and transition. And um, transition to democracy that happened in the 1970s. Late late 1970s, early 80s, and it's very interesting. I think it's, I I really, I think it's some of best, Marty S's best work. And he writes about how hard that transition was because you have on the one hand you have the promise of democracy, and on the other hand you have the horror of war. And there were clearly criminals, war criminals, in Spain during the Spanish Civil War and and the post war. And during the war, there were atrocities committed on both sides, although there's no way that you can make an argument that says that the people on the left were worse than the people on the right and Paul Preston has wrote this book um, the Spanish Holocaust that's all about how horrible uh just the entire situation was uh but but it was clearly not like, oh, there were good people on both sides of this and bad people on both sides of this the, the people who won this war Franco and his uh, and, and his band um they were, they were not good for Spain, and um, the repression against his enemies was fierce, and uh, and there were a lot of atrocities committed in Spain. A lot of atrocities committed in Spain, uh, and not just during the Spanish Civil War, but but in the post-war, and people know this, uh, and um, and yet. Part of the ability this kind of miraculous ability of Spain to move from dictatorship to democracy in this mostly bloodless transition to democracy is because the Spanish people had to make a decision to forget about the past and that was a hard uh, it was a hard decision for some people and and the the narrator of this I, mean, I think it was a hard decision for everybody. the narrator of this of this novel thus bad begins says um it was it was a choice and it was one we had to make and we were we were convinced that if we could do this if we could forget about this past not rehash the whole thing that we could avoid having another massacre uh another civil war and we could have uh, freedom of the press and freedom of religion and um, freedom of speech we could we could vote we could just have a regular democracy but the price is to forget this traumatic past the problem is that when you try to forget the traumatic past, it comes back to you. It comes back to haunt you, just like those ghosts in Richard the Third. And this is why I think that, uh, that Mañana en la Batalla Piensa en Mi is such a great book because uh, it doesn't talk a lot about the Spanish Civil War, but it's clearly about the Spanish Civil War that you see in the beginning you uh, talk, uh, you you see um, Victor, and he looks in the little kid's room, and he sees these planes, and it makes him think about the the bombings in Madrid and all of these things. And then we see that again, uh, kind of bookend uh, at the end. And um, there's another quote in *Thus Bad Begins* where one of the characters says, "Everything is about the Spanish Civil War," and in some ways, everything in contemporary Spain kind of is about the Spanish Civil War. Um, contemporary Spanish politics is still, in some ways, largely about the Spanish Civil War. Um, But this book clearly is. And, uh, I mean, it's interesting to me that you have uh, a book written in the 90s and then another book written more than 10, almost 15 years later. Thus Bad Begins was written in 2011. And S is still thinking about the same kinds of things. Uh, and the way that when you forget about this past, you try to push it, uh, push it away, not think about it, ignore the trauma, the traumatic thing that happened. Pretend like it didn't happen, then it kind of comes back uh, to to haunt you. I mean, it really does, and um, and I think this is this is an important um thing to note, and and it's the kind of thing that Julia Marías is talking about in uh, the vital function of truth in that essay that I've been talking about this semester. That when you see that something is wrong, when something comes and shakes up your world and you realize that your belief system is flawed in some way, when the traumatic thing happens, then you can either face it or you can run away from it. And if you run away from it, if you ignore it, then there will be consequences. Just like there are consequences for facing it, trying to figure out how to move forward. And... um. So I think it's important on a on a societal level and also on a on a personal level. Um Victor's inability to deal with the trauma of his past turns him into a ghost. Uh he has no purpose. He kind of wanders aimlessly through Madrid thinking about a lot of stuff but not really doing anything and not moving in a direction that's that's positive. Um and and the thing about S in this novel is that he does not give us a lot of answers. It's a cautionary tale. Uh, and I think we need cautionary tales. I cannot read Javier S all the time. It's dark, and it makes me sad. <laughs> it makes me sad to realize that um, that life is sometimes arbitrary, seemingly arbitrary, and that bad stuff can happen, really bad stuff can happen at any time. And sometimes it makes sense, and sometimes it doesn't uh but you just never know and um and sometimes we do try to repress traumatic things that happen to us it's hard to face hard things uh, but when we don't then bad stuff happens those richard the third those ghosts come back and they say tomorrow when life gets hard tomorrow in the battle when everything is hard and your back is up against a wall you're going to be thinking about me you're going to be <laughs> you're going to be thinking about uh the traumatic things that have happened to you, or the or your regrets, you're gonna think about the mistakes that you've made, and and that's not where you want to be. When you're in battle, you want to be battle ready. You want to have your you want to have focus. You want to have your eyes uh, looking at what they need to be looking at. You don't want to be thinking about the ghosts of your past. And and so when I read this, it reminds me um, I need to make sure that my conscience is clear. I I want. To see the world clearly, I want to not ignore the big things in my past that are hiding back there because I don't want them to come and uh, and occupy my mind when I'm in the battle. I need to have a clear mind, and uh, uh, that's it's really important. I think Shakespeare understood that. I think Mighty S understands that, and I'm hoping uh, that that I can understand that better. So. um Anyway, those are my thoughts about this novel, my thoughts in general about Spanish literature and, uh, and philosophy at the end of this semester. This was kind of an experiment. I taught a lot of things that I haven't taught before. Um, and by and large, I'm really happy with, uh, with what we've done this semester. I think that looking at Unamuno and Ortega and Maria Zambrano and Julia Marias, those are all people worthy of study. And uh, and we should we should know them better. We should understand their arguments better. Um, it helps you think about life uh, in a better, clearer way. And uh, and I'm glad about that. I'm excited to in the future use more of these of these thinkers and and find others. Um. And uh, so that's that. Okay, that's the last episode of this podcast. I hope you found it useful. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, feel free to reach out with questions or feedback by finding me on Twitter at Todd K. Mack or emailing me at tmack at hillsdale.edu. Again, thank you so much for listening and have a great summer.